this morning. Last week we started a series called Christ Is. We started a series called Christ Is. Why? And the weird part was, was that I started this series without all of this coronavirus craziness going on. I started preparing for this series and then not realizing that God was preparing me to walk us through this season. And so uh, we started this series last week. And in a world of uncertainties, of chaos and struggle, we by all means can say we're facing even in the midst of this moment, a crisis. If you watch the news long enough, you'll know that there's a crisis. I mean, literally the feed is coronavirus on everything. And let me say this to you real quick. Uh, if, if the news or if Facebook or social media is causing your faith to dwindle in this hour, turn it off. Get off of it. Stop looking at it. It's not worth it. Your word gives you every bit of answers that you need in this hour. This is the best book you can read right now. And I want to encourage you, don't let the crisis overcome you. But we're in a crisis by all means. Let me give you the definition of what the word crisis is. The word crisis is defined as a condition of instability or danger, as in social, economic, political, or international affairs leading to a decisive change. Now, let me say this to you because when I read this, I got excited because when you read the first part, you're like, oh gosh, that, that sounds horrible. This, it means everything's going to fall apart. Pastor, we're in a crisis. But if you read the very end of it, it says leading to a decisive change change, a decisive change. In this hour, you're having to make a choice. You're having to make a choice whether you're going to live by faith or live by fear. You're having to make a choice of whether you're going to accept God in this hour or reject God in this hour. You are being led into a decisive change, but I need you to understand that if Christ takes over, then the crisis dies. It's a dramatic emotional or circumstantial upheaval in a person's life. Listen, I get it. We got four kids. Toilet paper's running on low. Amen. I've gone to every store looking for it. Can't find it yet. If you find something, send it my way. I would appreciate it. I got four little behinds that need to get wiped every week. Amen. Okay, y'all weren't laughing. Okay. Uh, but, but, but in this moment, we're all looking for different things. My, we, 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 we got a, jump, a jumpy and a water slide outside because we needed our kids to get out of the house because it seemed like they were just doing this all day long, all day long, all day long. And I'm going to have to put a lock on the pantry because I'm going to be out of food in a minute because I didn't realize four kids ate that much. Amen. And, and so uh, a lot of things are changing. A lot of things are shifting in this moment. It, it's chaos. It, it seems like it's ever going to stop. But here's the truth of it. This is not the first time we've been in a crisis. This is not the first time you've had a struggle. This is not the first time God's got an opportunity to show himself strong and mighty in your life. We are in a crisis. But I need you to know that in the midst of our crisis, we serve a God that shall supply all of our needs. We have to put down the crisis and pick up who Christ is and hold on to that without wavering. We cannot afford to make our home in the midst of a crisis, but declare who Christ is in the middle of it because the word Christ is defined as this, to anoint one or the anointed one. I love what Isaiah 27 says. It says the anointing is the burden-removing, yoke-destroying power of God. Do you understand that when Christ overtakes your crisis, then the anointing shows up and it removes the burden, it destroys the yokes, it removes all the struggles in your life, and now you can rest easy knowing that God has you in his hands. So last week we dealt with that Christ is our healer. And the word healing means to be restored to one's original condition or design. And I know there's a lot of people that are struggling. You know, we get a cough and we immediately call it corona. Or you get stuffy nose and you think it's the corona. But here's what I'm declaring. And even when I get a stuffed up nose or I might make a cough. And you know, you know when you make a cough in public or you're around people, it's funny because the moment you cough, everybody looks at you like, what's wrong with you? Before, nobody cared when you coughed. Now everybody cares when you cough. But in the midst of this, I have to continue to declare by faith who Christ is in my life, that he is my healer, 
that he is my deliverer. He's my strong tower. He's not something that wavers in my life. He is something that is stable. He is my rock that I build my house on. And so in this moment, Jesus Christ is your healer. He is the one who restores you back to your original condition or design. He's not just going to heal your body. He's going to heal this moment. But here's the great part. When he puts things back, they're better than what they were. So I want you to hold on to that. But this morning, I want to go into part two. So if you've got your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Mark, chapter 4. The book of Mark, chapter 4, in verse 35. I'm going to be reading verse 35 through 41, and this will be the context of where we stay this morning. In verse 35, it says this. It says, On the same day, when evening had come, he said to them, Let us cross over to the other side. Now, when they had left the multitude, they took him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. And a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they awoke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Then he arose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, Peace, be still. If you underline in your Bibles, underline that moment, Peace, be still. And the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. But he said to them, Why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, Who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? Can we pray real quick as we get into this word this morning? Father, I ask that you open our hearts to receive. I reject any fear that would be dwelling in homes right now, any uncertainties. And I declare by the power of God that this is a day where we leave victorious, that we will be set up for the week to declare decree and to see God's hand in the middle of all of this. In Jesus' mighty name we pray. Amen. I want to I dig into at verse 37 with you this morning as we continue on in this space. Uh, verse 37, it says, And a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. How many of, feel, filling, how many of you feel like your boat is filling right now you know I was joking the other day and, and I posted something I said now I know why we send our kids to school for eight hours a day because it seems like the boat is full right now it seems like everything is coming into the boat it, it where do we run where do we hide uh, we're, we're all in a boat right now but but can I just say this to you I don't want to get to the end of my message yet but 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 stay in the boat D don't don't freak out don't panic don't run away stay in the boat Stay in the boat with Jesus. Stay in, stay in the boat. You've got a process. You've got a promise. You, you're heading to a new place, but, but stay in the boat. Don't jump out of the boat thinking it's better to swim in the waters when the waves are crashing. Stay in the boat. It says a great windstorm arose, and the waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. And it goes on in verse 38, and I paused here for a second. It says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow. And I thought about this for a second. I thought this was crazy. It says that he was asleep on a pillow, on a pillow. Do you understand that Jesus had to know the storm was coming because pillows are not something you keep on boats? Jesus knew a storm was coming. He knew what was ahead, but he was not wavered by it. He still went out into the water, and he took a pillow with him and crawled up on the stern of the boat and got some sleep. Can I just say this to you right where you are? Get your pillow and find some rest. Hold on to your pillow. Jesus knows what's going on. He's, all, he's got this in his hands. Just hang on, but get, get a pillow. Stop grabbing a hold of everything else. Stop grabbing all the toilet paper. It's not going to satisfy you. Grab a pillow. And I'm, and I'm saying that to be funny, but at the same time, I need you to understand that pillows bring rest. And I know you don't understand what's going on, but find your rest in this moment. He says, but he was in the stern asleep on a pillow, and they awoke and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Hmm. Sounds like the world 
in some ways right now are questioning where God is in this moment as if he's some reason picked up and left us. Somebody said today, Pastor, this is, this is, he's coming back. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. Stop it. This whole thing about this that's being thrown out on the internet with, with people saying this is the end times and, and this is God's judgment. Baby, this isn't God's judgment. This is just a moment. This is a moment where God shows his faithfulness. This is a moment where God shows how big he is. This is a moment where God finally becomes the real place in your existence, not the place we visit on Sundays. This is the moment that you cling to him, that you find a greater relationship with him. Stop looking into the clouds. Look to your neighbor and ask them, are they ready to go home yet? Stop trying to go home before they do. He says, and they awoke him and said, teacher, do you not care that we're perishing? You're not dying in this moment. You are living. Take a deep breath. You're still there. You're not gone yet. You haven't failed. It's not finished. You're still around. It's time for us to do our greatest work. In the midst of a crisis, we have a tendency to speak the most contrary things to what we actually say we believe. In the moment of crisis, we stop worshiping. In the moment of crisis, we, we stop singing. In the moment of crisis, we stop declaring. In the moment of crisis, we stop decreeing. In the moment of crisis, we put the Bible down and go to click happy with the TV because we think that's more informational than this is. Here's the truth about it. The information on the news tells you where you are. The information in this book tells you where you're going. It tells you what's coming in your life. Stop grabbing a hold of the things that are just for the moment and grab a hold of the things that are eternal in this moment. Stop complaining. Stop whining. Stop fussing. Stop living in fear and walk by faith. Because a crisis will do one of two things in your life. It'll either strengthen your faith or it'll extinguish it. It'll either make you stronger or tear you apart. And you have to decide what you're going to do in this moment. Where is your faith? How strong are you? Here's, here's something I've learned. Just when I think my faith is strong enough, something comes along to take me from glory to glory to glory. Instead of you looking at this as a moment where all the world is falling apart and what seems like all hell is breaking loose, I need you to understand that maybe just maybe. No, let me rephrase that. I'm declaring that this is a God moment where he is about to strengthen not only the kingdom, but his local church and believers in one accord. And we are going to see the church explode like never before. I am not looking for when we're done with this, for us to come back to the same way we were. I'm believing that when this is over, we're going to go places we've never been because God is preparing a wave. And I'm going to get to that point in just a moment. It says, they awoke to him and said, teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? Be careful what you say at this moment. Be careful what you declare out of your mouth in this moment. Be careful what your face looks like in this moment. Yeah, because sometimes people don't want to be around you when you're looking all, yeah, you know what I'm talking about. All right, so, so be careful how you acted in this moment. But it goes on in Mark 4, 39, it says, then he arose and rebuked the wind. He arose and rebuked the wind. He arose and rebuked the wind. The wind, you could just put coronavirus under the word wind, just attach it to that right there. He arose and rebuked the coronavirus or the situations in your life and said to the sea, said to this moment, peace, be still. And the wind ceased and there was a great calm. Can I ask you this question? Are you allowing God to speak to your crisis or are you too busy complaining and crying about it? My wife told you in the beginning of this, she said the other, yesterday she had a little anxious moment, and, 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 and that happens every once in a while. I mean, it happens with us too, and, and, and she had this anxious moment. She got in the Word. She didn't go turn on the news. I even told her, I said, baby, don't even turn the news on. There's nothing good on that. 
But I, but, but I just want to know, no, because that can't be the word we live by. And so she got in the word and she began to read it. What happened was the moment she opened up her word, the moment she began to read it in that moment, peace be still became evident in her existence. She now was walking under the peace of God. The anointing Christ showed up in that moment and removed the yoke, destroyed the burdens in her life and took care of her and caused peace to rest and caused her to be still. Peace. Be still, and the wind ceased, and there was a great calm. Kind of says to you, make sure your concerns don't supersede his commands. Make sure that your concerns, your verbal communication of concerns, do not supersede what God has commanded in your life. God has commanded peace to your situation. Stop speaking things contrary to the peace. The disciples are sitting in the boat in this moment, and they're like, Jesus, what have you lost your mind? You've gone to sleep. We're going to die in this moment, and you're sleeping. And Jesus is like, can I just paraphrase? He said, you dummies, I'm in the boat taking a nap. Why don't you join me? Why don't you find rest? See, I got into the boat with peace. I didn't have to find peace. I am peace. Hold on to me in this moment. What are you holding on to right now? Are you holding on to the side of the boats, hoping it doesn't tip? Or are you putting your hand in the hand of the man that walks on water? What are you holding on to in this moment? Are you holding on to your, your, your pantry and the food because you're afraid it's going to go scarce? Or do you hold on to the word that says, don't worry about tomorrow. Tomorrow has enough worries for itself. That if God is able to take care of the lilies of the field and the birds of the air, isn't he good enough to take care of you? If God can provide for them, can't he provide for you? But pastor, you don't understand. I've been to the stores. Yeah, but I serve a God who is bigger than the stores you shop at. I serve a God who's bigger than any of this, and that's what we have to hold on to. And some people would watch this and go, oh, come on, you're being ridiculous. No, baby, I'm holding on to him because he is the only thing that has never failed me. Stop worrying. Stop stressing. Peace. Be still. In verse 40, he goes on, he says, but he said to them, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Why are you so fearful? I, I, maybe this is the question that God is asking us as believers in this moment. Where is your faith without the gathering on a Sunday morning? Where is your faith without the preaching? Where is your faith without the teaching? Where is your faith without the worship? Where is your See, faith is not built on the Sunday morning. Faith is built in the life that you live and the moments you go through where your faith is increased and your endurance grows so that you can finish the race that's set up before you. And Jesus is saying this to the disciples who had seen miracles, had seen God perform, had seen Jesus do all these great, crazy things. And he says, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? In the church, we've gotten really good at shouting when we come together. Could you maybe shout in your house? Could you maybe shout in your car? Could you give God glory in the moments where we're not together? Trust me, it would make us coming together so much more powerful. Shouting and celebrating and declaring God's goodness and living by faith and breaking the bondage of fear is not something that's reserved for the Sunday morning. It's reserved for you right now in this moment. That our shout becomes bigger than our strongholds. That we break the yokes, we destroy the struggles around us. And we walk in the fullness of God. Where, why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? Fear and faith cannot live in the same house. My five-year-old came to me and said, Daddy, 
why, why, are, why are the stores closed? I said, ah, they're doing a lot of extra cleaning. My daughter doesn't need to know what's going on because I'm not living by that. Well, you should tell your daughter. You should let her know what's happening. You should let her know the struggle. No, I shouldn't. I should let her know the Savior. You should let her know the problems. No, I should let her know the promise. The promises of an almighty God. I took my son to get a, a tooth filled the other day, and, and we walked in, and everything is wrapped with saran wrap. And he looks and says, Daddy, I can't play with any of the games. Everything's wrapped up. And I said, Son, you know what? They're playing a game. They're making new ones. That's what they're doing. You go, Pastor, you're lying to your kids. Nope, I'm preparing them for better. Because if we serve a God in this Bible that always increases, then we will never go back to where we've been. We will only go higher. And I'm not going to set my kids up to think that way. And I'm not going to set you up to think that way. He said, then why are you so fearful? How is it that you have no faith? And it says in there in verse 41, it says, and they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the seas obey him? Now, normally when we read these scriptures, we get to this point, we're like, man, it's a powerful word. Jesus is going to speak to my storm and, and, and the boat's going to stop shaking and I'm going to find rest. And that is a powerful word. But I want to go just a little bit further because what we tend to do is ignore chapter five. And I'm going to give you the story without, without giving you the scriptures. You can go read chapter 5. But let me kind of give you what God gave to me late last night as I was preparing. If you look at verse 5, it says that they went to the other side. And when they got to the other side, they were presented with a moment. They were presented with a situation. There was a man that had been demon-possessed, a man who had struggles. They had tried to bind him but couldn't lock him up, and he had come. This man was named Legion, and, and if you read your Bible, this man was possessed by many demons. He says, my name is Legion, for we are many. And, and there's a great story of deliverance there, but as I was reading that story, God says, do you understand that when the waves crash, it's because I'm trying to get you to a miracle? Do you understand that when you go through moments, it's because I'm trying to get you to the other side, the next phase of your existence? When Jesus and the disciples crossed to the other side, they didn't walk into just walking a distance. They walked right into an opportunity for God, Jesus, to be the anointed one and bring about a miracle. Let me say this to you as God gave it to me. The boat might be rocking. Hang on, because when you get to the other side, we're going to see one of the greatest miracles we've ever seen. God has been up to something lately. God has been doing some powerful stuff. I, I got to say this, from, from my pastor who, who died and God brought him back to life. I've heard countless stories of miracles over the last few months of God just moving in unprecedented ways. And I don't believe he's done yet. I still think we're going to see the miracle hand of God. But can I say this to you? Let the boat go to the other side. Don't anchor yourself in the midst of the waves. Don't anchor yourself in the midst of the struggles. Let the boat go to the other side. If you got to, grab an oar and paddle it to the other side. Well, you Pastor, you said that when he got to the other side, he was approached by a demon. I get it. Yes, there was a struggle, but the miracle came because he was delivered and set free. If you would just go to the other side, you would see the miracle hand of God. And I don't want you to wait yourself in this moment. When we're done here today and the live stream shuts off and you go on about your day, I don't want you to go back into the thought of, well, we got to get this and we got to get that and how are we going to do this and how are we going to God will provide. I hold on to that scripture at this moment. It says, he shall supply all of my needs. God, I feel the Holy Ghost. He shall supply all of my needs. Not some of them, not the ones I can't get my hands on, all of them. I'm not going to drop my anchor now. Yeah, I get it. The 
the boat's rocking, the waves are crashing. But I'm not dropping my anchor here. I gotta get to the other side. Hang on. We're gonna make it together to the other side and see a miracle in the midst. There are people that are reporting that they've been tested positive for the coronavirus. There are people that we know that are in hospitals right now. And I know that every time we have an ache or a pain, we, all, we just go with that place. It's just where we are right now. But I just want to speak to you for a moment. Don't look for the problem. Look for the promise. Don't keep your eyes open for the struggle. Keep your heart open so the Savior can dwell. And we will get through this together. We will overcome this. And remember this, the Bible says we are overcomers. By what? The blood of the Lamb. And the words of our testimony. We will have not just the blood of the Lamb over the doorposts of our home. But we will have the words of our testimony to declare what a great God we serve. Here's what I believe through all of this. The church is about to expand. The kingdom is about to widen. Because those that were lost will cling to the God we hold on to. Remember, church is no longer in the building. It's left. The greatest messages I've ever heard preached, the church has left the building. The church is no longer here. The church is sitting right where you are right now. You are the church. When you wake up in the morning, you will have to be the church. You will have to be the God-fearing, faith-believing, Holy Spirit resting in, just running after the great things of God and not wavering. Because the world is looking into what they're going to hook themselves to in this hour. And we have a rock that we build our house on. And I want you to trust that today. Let's stay in the boat. Miracle's coming. Your promise is here. Your deliverer is here. Christ is your deliverer. Just hang on to him in this moment. As we close this morning, I... I, was hit by a song this week, uh, and a lot of you, I'm sure, have heard it. Uh, and this song wrecked me. It it threw me for a loop. Uh, I was I was at the church, and Pastor Ben had showed up, and he's Pastor. You got to hear this song. And of course, other people were texting me like, "Man, you got to hear this song. This thing is." And I, I I turned it on, and at first I was kind of like, "Eh, okay." And then I started really listening. You ever done that? You listen to a song, and you're kind of like, "Uh," oh, and then you start listening to the context of what's being declared in the moment, and you start to really let it sink in. So here's how I want to close today. May the Lord bless you. May he keep you. May his face shine upon you. It is time for us to walk in the blessings of God. And I want you and your family to be blessed as we continue to navigate through this season. Don't drop your anchor. Don't fall out of the boat. Grab a pillow. Find some rest. We're going to the other side. and We're going to see the miracle hand of God. Listen to this song and let it minister to you. Fade.
Right where you stand, I brought this team up with me because this is what's made this happen. We want to pray for you. We want to stand with you in this moment. So maybe you're watching and you don't know God. Maybe you somehow got to this feed because you need an answer in the middle of the storm. And I want to pray for you. And maybe you're in fear and maybe you have faith, but your faith has been waning. We want to pray for you. But let's start with the first one. If you don't know Christ as your personal Lord and Savior, this is your moment. You don't have to be in a church to get him. All you got to do is invite him in. So will you pray this prayer with me this morning? Will you say this when they say, Father, in the name of Jesus, I ask you to come dwell in my heart. I give up my life and I surrender to you. God, I need you now more than ever, not just for this moment, but for eternity. I wanna know that my life is secure, that it rests in the hands of the Creator. So today, God, I give you me, not my problems, not my struggles. I cast those at the foot of the cross, but I give you my life. I give you me. And I say, God, do with it what only you can do. Mend my broken places. Set me right. Straighten me up. Cause me to walk in the ways that you want me to walk. Today, I want to be yours, and I want you to be mine. And maybe you're in fear. Maybe you're going through a moment. Let me declare this by faith over you, Father. For those whose faith have been waning, I declare faith to overtake them and fear to be drowned out. I declare the power of God to manifest in their homes, on their jobs, in their cars, with their children, God. I declare the rest of God, the peace of God, the shalom of God to fall in their houses, God. I declare in the name of Jesus, by the authority of God himself, I declare that every crooked path be made straight, that every struggle be broken, and that the strong man be bound up and you walk in peace. Today, God, today, God, we declare this over them. And we don't do it just for today. We will continue to do it. Satan, your days are over. You have lost the battle. And God wins the war. And we hold on to that right now. Have an amazing week. We'll see you on Tuesday night for a time of worship at 7 o'clock. We love you here at the house. We might not be able to be together, but we're still family. We love you. And we'll keep loving God together. God bless you.